Hi, I'm Miriam. I'm Arielle. And you're listening to 7 Minutes in Heaven. The sex news podcast by sluts. For sluts. Today we're talking about fucking your coworkers, Relationships in the 1700s. And we dive deep into BDSM. Winky face emoji. We also answer a question from a listener about dating app best practices. valentine's day it's our first episode if you're single we'll keep you warm if you're in a relationship play this while you're fucking it's gonna be good yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it's just like we are audibly licking your genitals right now (laughs) (laughs) there's so much pressure on valentine's day I mean, I, I feel like the majority of people feel horrible on Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, because um, if you're not in, like, a happy, loving... Even if you are in a happy, loving relationship, there's pressure for it to be a good day. Yeah. But if you're not, then you're like, oh, I'm either sad I'm single, or I just got out of a toxic relationship, and now I'm being really reminded of the fact that I was in a toxic relationship. Oh, it sounds <laughs> personal. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of my friends uh, has been seeing this guy, like, maybe she's seen him four times, and she has a date with him tomorrow, Ooh. and she's like, should I get him a gift? Ooh. I'm like, no! <laughs> maybe get him a chocolate bar, like, that's kind of cute. Do you get Valentine's Day gifts? Do I, from, like, I mean, my the fans? Royal. <laughs> <laughs> the Royals? The Royal the, you. The Royal me. You know, the first CD I ever got was a gift from my mom on Valentine's Day. It was a Gwen Stefani CD. In fourth grade. She burned it for you? It ain't no holla back. No, she bought it from, like, Best Buy. That's very sweet and romantic. So this new study uh, found that a fourth of British people, so we can just assume it's, like, applicable to Americans, too, um, have had a sex dream about a colleague. And I definitely have. Have you? No, I haven't. Even though I've had like sex fantasies so about a colleague, but when not do you like fantasize about your colleague, like at work. <laughs> like, give me an example. Uh, like if he comes into the room, he comes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh. I'm like, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like lit- Like you black out and you just. Are no, fantasizing no. this? I'm or? just like, oh, he's hot and I would. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a full story okay. line. But it like now that I'm thinking about it. It has become a storyline. Yeah. So um, I can't show this podcast to any of my coworkers. <laughs> I will anyway, you'll never know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, okay, well, that was that. <laughs> Share one of your sexy things. Yeah, so I don't know if this is sexy, but it's related to sex. <laughs> China, the country, is... <laughs> it's not black China. Who else would be talking about? Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to clarify. <laughs> uh, the country of China is offering up to eighty. what's worth 86,000 U.S. dollars for to citizens who report porn sites. 
Um, eighty six thousand U S dollars is the average annual salary for someone in China. I should move so there. and yeah, and then like instead of going to work, you could just troll the internet for porn and then report it and make a shit ton of money. And this whole thing is part of a campaign called "Clean Up the Pornographic, Strike Up the Illegal." Ugh. And basically, there's like. If you report it, you get money, but if you're found guilty, you get, like, serious consequences. You can go to prison. You can pay fines. Um, yeah, it's one of their ways to restrict porn. And I read about the story on a bunch of sites because I got a Google alert for it, and it didn't have a lot of details. Mm-hmm. And one of the sites was Barstool Sports, and they were just like, imagine how productive China's about to get if they get rid of all of their porn. Um, well, yeah, would you do that? Would you report porn? Absolutely not. Yeah. Actually... I mean, I said I said that real quick, but like eighty six thousand dollars. Could we go to China and do that and come back here, and then I can afford to move out of my mom's house? <laughs> I mean, I'm down. I'd also love to just go to China and like see China. Should we do it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Next so episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So another study. This one is really important now because of uh, all the sex trafficking laws that are going on. Uh, But basically, in countries where sex workers um, are criminalized or or they face repressive policing, which the study characterizes as uh, being arrested, imprisonment, confiscation of needles, syringes, or condoms, which is so rude, um, or being displaced to a new area or physical or sexual violence by officers themselves. They're three times as likely to experience physical or sexual violence and twice as likely to get HIV or other STDs and sex workers who are not exposed to those repressive police violence. Um, and they also uh, are more likely to have poor mental health. So it's just really fucked um, how sex workers are mistreated and people think they're stopping sex trafficking but these sex workers like this is their job and they're being punished for that and it doesn't stop sex trafficking it just makes life worse for the people who are trying to make a living yeah and for the people who want the sex yeah it's worse for everyone Mm -hmm. okay done with that study that was a sad one (laughs) (laughs) um do another one yeah so it's like a low-key spoiler alert, but it's not that big of a deal. If you want to skip the next minute, go for it. But um, these two movies recently came out, Mary, Queen of Scots, and The Favorite, and they both talk about uh, same-sex sex in the 15 to 1700s. And it was really interesting. This article by The Cut came out, and they were basically talking about how relationships in that era were really different than they are now like now you have one monogamous commitment most people or the mainstream you have one monogamous commitment and that person is supposed to fulfill all of your needs but in this time period it was a lot more normal for people to have like a primary partner but then have really close friendships with people of the same gender platonic or It was, like, much more blurry, the lines of what was platonic. So, like, two women could be like, I long for your embrace. And that was considered... I long for your embrace, Oh, my God. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that was, like, letters that were saying, I would would die tonight if it meant I could be in your arms. Like, these really deeply romantic letters. 
were considered like, oh, that's okay to say to another woman. It's not like you guys want to fuck each other. Mm-hmm. And men? Men, too. A little differently. But, yeah, the same, like, I haven't, I didn't see the movie where there was a same-sex relationship with men, but it seemed to be the same thing. I think women are were allowed a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not as educated on that part. But what was, we, like, they were down for that, but they were not down for any cross-dressing so a lot of women try to dress up as men in the past obviously <laughs> um <laughs> and if they got caught they would get in like pretty serious trouble so bizarre yeah so weird it's weird that it's like just so socially constructed what re- like relationships just are yeah a social construct and men looking back now men dressed like women like with their like blouses yeah. and whatever shoes um, this, this one is also pretty sad. My thing is, uh, or uh, it's not sad, actually. It, it could be positive. Um, so another study found that college students who get consent education in high school are half as likely to be victims of sexual violence in college and just, you know, in their life. Um, so basically if consent is taught in college, they probably won't get assaulted. And the problem in the states right now is that Trump has just pushed to fund um, abstinence-only programs, and that doesn't include consent. So this study hopefully will help um, people push for uh, comprehensive sex ed. But it's Trump prob- doesn't believe in science, so yeah, it's, not while he's president. It's not going to happen yet until he is impeached and out out of the closet. Yeah out of his White House closet. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was last week in Sex, <laughs> brought to you by Ariel and Miriam. If you're a classy bitch, you should buy sex toys from Dame Products. It's a fairly new sex toy company founded by two Jewesses just like us. And you can support us by supporting them by giving them your money. Use our code SMHPOD for 10% off your first sexy purchase. Guaranteed orgasms or your money back. Seriously, they're one of the only sex toy companies that lets you return products within 60 days, so there's really no downside here. Except you being a fucking bitch for not supporting us. Just kidding, we love you so much. Okay, bye! Um, cool, cool, cool. And now it's time for more sex studies. Yeah! So, every week, um, we're gonna focus on a specific topic and we're each gonna bring a study so Miriam and I did share with each other what it's going to be, but it's all new to you, guys. <laughs> so the topic is, drumroll please, BDSM. <laughs> okay, hit it, Miriam. Yeah, so for those who don't know, BDSM is like a crazy acronym that stands for Bondage Discipline, Dominance and Submission, and sadism masochism. What a mouthful. Yeah. So, um, it's currently in the DSM-5, and I'll fact check this, but last time I checked, it was in the DSM-5 as a paraphilia, which means that it's like, you're fucked in the head if you like BDSM, but that's bullshit. So, um, the study that I read was called Consensual BDSM Facilitates Role-Specific Altered States of Consciousness, a Preliminary Study. Yeah, it was published in the psychology of consciousness theory research and practice journal i guess (laughs) (laughs) it was published in 2016 and there are like a gajillion authors 
Um, we'll reference them in the show notes. They're cool. Thanks, guys, for your great work. Um, Thank you so much. No, no, for real. This is so important. Mm-hmm. So um, basically they got 14 participants to participate in the study. Size. Very small because it's really difficult once you hear what the study was to recruit people. it's a preliminary study too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, with the sample size of 14 people, it's hard to draw anything really conclusive. But... Um, Basically, they got 14 people. Some of them were couples in monogamous relationships. Some were couples in poly relationships. Some were people who just met that day. Um, They found them on FetLife, which is a website that connects people who are into BDSM. And they basically had them come in and roll a dice. Oh, they all were also switches, self-identified switches, which means that they enjoy being the person in control and the person who is not in control Mm -hmm. in the so dominant and submissive yeah or in the study they referred them as top and bottom okay um so they were all switches that's really important um so they each rolled a dice to decide who would play which role Mm -hmm. um in the scene is what they call like the sex Mm -hmm. time (laughs) and time for sex time yeah (laughs) um and then what they did was they surveyed them um before like immediately they surveyed them before they rolled the dice and decided rolls and then they waited 30 minutes to start then they surveyed them right before the start of the scene they surveyed immediately post scene or no they sorry they let them experience aftercare which is after a scene when you just like cuddle and talk about what just happened um they didn't set up any rules other than the assigned roles they said do whatever you want and they also took a bunch of saliva samples. Mm. Um, oh, and I didn't talk about the hypothesis. So basically, the point of the study was they were trying to figure out, like, why are people into BDSM? And they think it's because you achieve this altered state of consciousness. So they were saying that tops, the people in control, they experience a state of flow. So flow is basically, like, something that you experience... Sorry. (laughs) Okay, it's when you're completely absorbed in the experience. So you're energized, you're fully, like, into it, um, you're super engaged, and you feel like you're at your optimal performance. And that often happens when you're, like, participating in athletics or creating music or doing yoga. It's like literally never felt that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. You're a writer. You don't think when you write... No, it's so hard for me to write. I know that's my job, and it takes me such a long time. But, like, when you get into it, you never, like, feel like, oh, I know exactly what I'm writing about right now, and I'm, like, You know what? The best I've ever felt at that was when I wrote that Hanukkah sex position piece, because I was just writing, like, what literally happened, whereas when I write other stuff, I have to, like, think. (laughs) (laughs) And thinking is hard. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, flow. So, yeah, there's nine dimensions that make it up, but you can read that in the study yourself if you want to know. Um, so they they predicted that tops experience flow, and then they predicted that bottoms experience, fuck, the name of which, transient hypofrontality, which is basically when your frontal lobe isn't working so much. Um, so your executive functioning is off, and your frontal lobe is like, you're thinking, like your real thinking when you're trying to work through problems, make decisions, that's all happening in your frontal lobe. Um, so focused thinking is turned off and you're in this like crazy state of relaxation. It's basically like 
when it's something that you experience if you're like getting runners high or if you're meditating um you can also experience it with drugs uh the study didn't specify which but i'm sure we can figure that one out we should test it out yeah we should definitely test it out (laughs) so they said that bottoms enjoy bottoming because they experience this altered state of transient hypofrontality so they did the studies and it turned out that actually tops and bottoms both experience flow state when in a scene um however because there were only seven people who were bottoms a lot of them um in the test of the flow of like the survey that surveyed for flow not a lot, but a few selected not applicable as answers to some of the questions. So it turns out that the tops get the full effect of flow, but the bottoms are missing the feeling of control mm-hmm. that comes with flow. So they're feeling like the they're really engaged in what they're doing, but they don't feel like they're at their optimal performance or that they know exactly what's going on. Um, so that was something that they didn't expect. They didn't think bottoms would experience flow, but they did. Right, right, okay. They don't feel like they're in control. I mean, they're they're the submissive. Yeah. Um, but what what was that second thing you just said? They're like total uh, optimal performance. Right, optimal performance. So that I don't quite understand. Um, well, you've talk about your own experience. Like, do you get what they're saying? Yeah, yeah. So like, okay. So I've topped and bottomed in my life. I consider oh, yeah. myself a switch, and when I've been a top. Um, you kind of like nothing else exists except what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you, you're, you are like totally focused on it because it's like, I don't even know how to explain. It's just like this person is like reacting so heavily to what you're doing and you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want to them. And it's like this crazy power that. It like, you know, how absolute power corrupts absolutely. Like, I totally feel that. <laughs> like, you're just like, what am I going to do to you now? And you like, I mean, you get ideas. You're like, well, I'm going to do this thing. And then the person's like, whoa, you just did that thing. And I'm like, going to come in my pants. <laughs> and then you're like, you're not allowed to yet. <laughs> she wagged her finger now for, yeah. for you guys who cannot see her, which is all of you. Which is everyone. Um, okay. And then when you're bottom. So when you're bottom, you are feeling the flow, but you're also feeling the transient hypofrontality. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I don't think I am, but I'm still sorry because I'm, I'm sure a woman. Other researchers will contact us and let us yeah. slide into our DMs. Yeah. Also, sorry guys if I'm not doing this right. <laughs> it's like your work, <laughs> you know. Um, okay, yeah. so do you but anyway. have, do you feel that that you um, are not in your optimal performance? I would like. I don't know what how the survey is structured that they kind of got that, but it's definitely a different feeling when you're bottoming. Like they call it subspace, but you basically like lose yourself. Like you aren't thinking about anything except for what's going on, but even then and like honestly, like I've said and done things that I can't even like remember that I said and did them because I felt like I was in this like other world and it's like really difficult to describe it because you're just so in it Mm -hmm. you know and yeah like I reading this study was definitely really eye-opening because I think that I didn't realize it is like a meditative experience and like I'm too lazy to meditate I'm definitely too lazy to run and you can't do drugs frequently but like BDSM is like kind of an easy fun way to 
experience this like I guess this is why people this is why Buddhists are all about BDSM. Like maybe this is Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, you're too lazy to run. You're too lazy to what, meditate. Meditate, but you're not too lazy to engage in hardcore sex. <laughs> <laughs> no, cuz it's fun. <laughs> it's easy. I mean, it's not easy. You have to find someone who's good and who you trust, but mm-hmm. it's really fucking fun. And I'm sure people like who are really into running and meditation feel that way mm-hmm. about those things too. They're all into BDSM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like fuck all that shit. Yeah, do Go. Eminem is into BS- BDSM. Lose yeah. yourself. Yeah. It's about BDSM. Probably. I think everything is kind of about BDSM. Yeah. Everything is about sex. Except sex. Sex is about power. Sex is about power. BDSM. Whoa. Do you think Trump is into BDSM? I mean, he definitely, like, had those girls pee on him. Yeah, the pee tape. I feel like, I mean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think people, at least from my interactions with people who enjoy pee during sex, it's not about the pee. It's about, like, what the pee represents. Mm -hmm. And what that represents is, like... I'm going to pee on you because I don't respect you. Right. Or whatever. Right. And Trump has a lot of mommy issues. Also, I mean, it's such a trope, right, of, like, men in power who love to be – like, in Wolf of Wall Street, Mm -hmm. when he went to the dominatrix, like, it's just when you – especially in life, when you feel like you are so in control all the time, it's so good to be able to let go of that and, like – yeah, those people who are in high positions of power could be running, could be meditating, could be doing drugs, or they could be subbing. It's one of four things. Yeah, okay? those are the four <laughs> options. Any CEO, it's one of them. But my favorite thing about, well, not my favorite thing, there were a lot of great things about the study, but one thing I really liked is that they were very, like, they were like, BDSM isn't the only way to experience these things. We'd like to make that very clear. <laughs> I feel like they were really covering all their bases. <laughs> and we're totally not into it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I bet they all are. I would fucking love to run a BDSM study. Like, can you imagine? Yes. That sounds so fun. I can't imagine you doing it. Should we do that? I'll help you. In China? In China? No. <laughs> How are we going to do that in China? Well, we have a trip to China planned. We should get the funding in China. Come back here. Right. we're going to then... need money. Fuck a grant proposal. Yeah. We'll get porn money. <laughs> <laughs> I just would feel so horrible reporting the porn. But, you yeah. know, we gotta do what we gotta do. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Um, Alright, I'm gonna get into my study, and I did not um, do the kind of research that Miriam did. So this is like gonna be pretty it, fast. But <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, just so you guys know, she printed out the whole study and has... So many notes and her handwriting is so nice. And it's in purple, like, cute gel pen. <laughs> Are you going to, like, put this in a binder somewhere? Sure, if you want me to. Yeah, we should keep our notes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so my study um, was published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, one of my fave journals, um, in 2013, in August. Um, and it's called The Psychological Characteristics of BDSM Practitioners. Um, again, we will put the researchers in the notes. Um, so as Miriam said, BDSM is usually associated with psychopathology. 
Um, and so this study wanted to compare, um, well, they wanted to see if they're, if they're really, if they are psychopaths. <laughs> um, so what they did was they compared, um, group of people who are into BDSM and a control group. So AKA people who do not engage in BDSM. Um, so what they wanted to see were the attachment styles, rejection sense sensitivity and subjective well-being. Um, so the results, which might surprise you, um, BDSM practitioners were less neurotic, more extroverted, more open to new experiences, more conscientious, less rejection sensitive, and they also had a higher subjective well-being than non-practitioners. Um, and the only, I guess, like negative thing is that they're less agreeable um, than non-practitioners. Um, and I think that was surprising to me. Um, Which part? The less agreeable. Um, because it seems like if, if you are engaging in BDSM, you have an understanding of other people. I feel like you kind of empathize. And I don't know. It's I feel like it's a lot about understanding um, just the way you connect with people. So to not be agreeable and to not be able to like lay out your terms and stuff. I just feel like that's it. That's opposite of BDSM. What do you think? I mean, it's hard to tell because like, I'm a little bit biased now that I know the results, I guess, but Mm -hmm. I feel like as someone who's like obsessed with BDSM, and maybe I'm just, like, attributing characteristics to people that don't exist, but I think you just really know what you want mm-hmm. and, like, what you expect from people mm-hmm. um, and maybe are, like, less down to bend for what other people want. Okay. If so that makes sense. If someone's, like, not into that, they would just, okay, bye, thank you, yeah, next, basically. exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Whereas, like, maybe someone who hasn't had the ability to, like, explore or doesn't feel as confident to explore. Not saying that that's the case, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, might not. Yeah. Or might be more agreeable. Uh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> uh, we are going to answer a question from a... Well, we don't have any listeners yet, but I <laughs> called out for people on Instagram um, to DM us questions, so uh, we don't have an email address yet either. You know what? If you <laughs> if you guys have any questions, you can email them to horgasmicig at gmail.com. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Miriam is nodding. I just wanted her approval because <laughs> uh, we did not discuss this beforehand. Uh, so that's whore, like w-h-o-r-e-gasmic i-g at gmail.com or you can just dm us anyway miriam do you want to read it yeah so okay wait this comes from a girl by the way um and i do not know how old she is yeah so she asks what things do you do to make sure you feel safe when you're going to meet up with a guy to hook up i meet most guys on dating apps is that how you meet them how do you feel comfortable just meeting them like are there certain questions you ask them or like certain things you say I don't know if that makes any sense, but would appreciate any advice you have on that. LOL. It totally makes sense, random person. Makes so much sense. Um, We both really like this question because we both use dating apps a lot. And we're both really good at using dating apps. (laughs) Swiping all night long. Um, 
So, I'll, I guess I'll just go first because I'm already talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are, like, a couple questions that I use to vet my um, dates. And, like, I've definitely gone on some weird, weird dates. But for the majority of the part, like, um, they're fine. And I get, I think these questions give me their vibe and, like, the idea of who they are. So, it's, what shows do they watch? Mm. I think it just tells you a lot about a person. Especially if they say... Eric Andre show and Rick and Morty, and, like they have my vagina. Yeah, it's, like already in their. When home. they say Broad City, I'm like, oh. they say Broad City? it's happened. The- I feel like they just say that to get in my pants. Anyway, my third question is music. Um, I don't think that really. It, it's more like if they say country music, I'm not into it. Do you yeah, like country music? No. Okay, cool. I fucking hate it. Yeah, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> If you like country music and you're listening to this, just stop immediately. <laughs> we don't want you. As they a made fan. it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left. Um, okay, yeah. TV shows. Um, and if they smoke weed. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's if a they good don't, one. I'm not really into it. I once canceled a date because I was like, "Do you want to smoke?" And he was like. I don't smoke. <laughs> what did you say? That like, was in college. I don't do that anymore. But I was like, um, I can't hang out with you. And he was like, because I don't smoke? And I was like, yeah. It's valid. Now I'm like, I don't really smoke that much anymore, so I don't really care as much. But I do want to smoke with my sexual partner. Yeah. It's but, so fun. Yeah, it is. And I think people who smoke, maybe if they stop smoking, whatever, but people who smoke weed have like a certain vibe to them you know they're chilling um what would always meet them in a public place yes like some guys try to pull some weird shit mostly on j-swipe they're like Ugh, dude i was really J-Swipe? horny i <laughs> i didn't i literally downloaded it like a month ago and i was really horny and i was like not getting a lot of love on the other apps <laughs> and i downloaded it and literally like 90% of the guys are like, so, want to come over? And I'm like, what? They're this is the like internet. for <laughs> Jew boys. And, guys, Miriam lives in Williamsburg. Yeah, that's Can true. your address? Yeah, give them my address. <laughs> um, it is north. It's not. It's not north, you guys. <laughs> okay. The, the, the point is there are a lot of Jews here, so I feel like you do have a better pool on J-Swipe. Um, I'm just trying to maximize the men who I can swipe on. Yeah. But, They're honestly... Like sick bitches. Yeah, J-Swipe's kind of gross. I wouldn't use it, but I still do. <laughs> have you met someone from J-Swipe? No, no. No. I have when it was cool. Oh, it was cool. I don't. I don't think it, I take that back. It was never cool. But like, there were at least a little more normal people on. Oh, it. Um, they're just all like weird Israelis or weird losers, and yeah, like uh, just horny. They have no game. Miriams <laughs> <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> um, but yeah, always in a a public place. Have Have you ever gone to someone's? place before without meeting them first when I was younger yeah. yeah it I think I just like didn't give a fuck like I wasn't scared mm-hmm. and I was fine but yeah it 
I'm trying to think. Maybe it was more like it would be in his car. But I don't know if I actually went to, like, someone's home. That's even scary. I know. But I was more likely to invite them to my home. Mm. Which, because, I don't know. I just, like, even when I go on dates now, I like to bring them back to my place. Because it's like, this is my place. Mm -hmm. And I know where I am. Mm -hmm. And boys' places are disgusting. Yeah, they're they're gross. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, the way I met my ex, he came over. We were, like, both drunk. And that was that. And, yeah, I've been to boys' places before, but I always think, like, ooh, I shouldn't. Yeah. And... Do you tell someone before you go? Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. I think if I'm, like, gonna get laid, I usually tell a lot of people because I'm excited about <laughs> it. <laughs> and, like, I send pictures to everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, if you're if you're gonna go meet up with someone at their place at least tell someone or like put your shared location on but honestly Um, if you don't feel like if you don't feel comfortable doing that and the guy is unwilling to do something that makes you feel comfortable you should not be having sex with him mm -hmm. and I also take like three shots before I go on (laughs) really (laughs) yeah I'm nervous it just like you know loosens a little my like life mantras practice makes perfect so the more dates you go on the better you get at dating Mm -hmm. so even those bad dates you especially like if the guy's really awkward and you're like obviously hotter than him Mm -hmm. you just like yeah it's true um just like fucking practice like i don't know say weird shit and see how it goes yeah yeah and it's it's always just a good story if it goes terribly Mm -hmm. horrible um and if it's great that's good too so there's really no downside. Yeah. And if you're super scared, or not super scared, but if you're nervous and you just want to feel comfortable, go to a bar that you know, in a neighborhood that you know, and tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. And go on a double date, even. There's so many ways to do this. What, what were the other parts of her question? Um, I'm. How do we meet guys? Yeah, I, I meet most of my guys on dating apps. Recently, I have, have been meet-cuting more, but I think... I've just been putting out that kind of energy. I sort of feel like right now, dating apps are not working for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. The last two people I've hooked up with have been in per like, we met in person. Same. Weird. Yeah. What is, like, the stars retrograde? Mercurian retrograde? Yeah. That's over. That's, That's not over happening right now. Um, Even though, when did it end? I think it ended recently. I literally don't know what that means. <laughs> It's, like, not real. It's not. Oh. I don't know. Whatever. If it's real, tell me. <laughs> but, like, uh, definitely I blame it when shit's going wrong. But it, it's just something to blame. Um, And to get, like, the conversations going. So, like, maybe use our vetting questions as, like, a place to start off. But it's best to be very weird on dating apps. Like, the, like the weirder you are, the hotter it is. The less of a fuck you give. Yeah. The better. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll be messaging people and just really trolling, but they're, they they get so into it, like, they fall in love with me because of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I block them. <laughs> Here, I feel like you do that. Oh, my God. I block, like, every guy. <laughs> okay. I'm always, like, because I, I give my number, and then I'm, like, literally, why did I do that? 
You know, like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm swiping and then I go on the app the next day and I swiped all these uggos and I'm like, no, and you unmatch all of them. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, why did I do that? (laughs) It's fun. Dating apps are dumb and they're fun and it's like a way to meet people. It's like a game. Have fun with it. Try not to overthink it. It's like, Mm. it's a dumb thing. Yeah. And always bring condoms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Um... Yeah. Is this where we, like, are we going to put music here or something? Woo-hoo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>